everyone, and welcome to Already Cancelled. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Star Trek The Next Generation Season 3, Episode 5. It's called The Bonding. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always. This episode is about a crew member who dies. Uh, they've got an away team down, Worf's leading an away team to investigate this planet where the race that did live there has been dead for a long time. There was wars. It's but a little bit mysterious. Like they know that something went and happened, but it's been kind of like, okay, no one knows exactly how it ended or whatever. And something goes wrong. Uh, essentially, they step in a, an old landmine, uh, which maybe, you know, maybe was even relevant at the time in the news. Maybe that was something that was happening uh, in certain places at the time. Because I remember people talking about it in the 90s when I was a kid, uh, finding like old landmines from like World War II and stuff. Just as uh, I grew up in a city that was very heavily bombed uh, hmm. during World War II. Right up until I, you know, until I moved away, uh, you know, 18, 19, uh, you could not go three months without someone digging up a, uh, some sort of bomb in their garden. It, it, was, <laughs> you know, it was a regular staple of the, the local newspapers. I assume most of them didn't go off, though. No. Yeah. But, okay. you know. <laughs> yeah, because that'd be a much more tragic little tidbit there. If, like, it oh, yeah, was, there was, people it, randomly it was a dying. Occurrence to go, oh, yeah, bomb squad are out again. Yeah. So that's that's the premise of the episode. It's it's this, you know it's essentially a red shirt. It's this woman uh, who dies, but the episode is kind of an interesting take. And in it, 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 what it really wants to deal with is how the crew, how Picard, how Worf, because he was there, and how some of the others handle the death of someone, and more importantly, the fact that she has a child who's been left uh, parentless because he's you know the, the kid's dad's already dead. And you know we go through the motions of Picard having to tell the kid and the difficulty of that. Wesley kind of remembers how he was told by Picard that his father had died, and all these things kind of play into the episode. Um, well, I'll say about this one, it's it's not necessarily a great episode for a couple of reasons. Uh, the, the the little kid Jeremy, his acting is not particularly good, no. so that kind of drags it down a little bit. But I will say this, and it kind of goes to something I was saying last week as well. But I will say that even if the execution isn't all the way there. This is another episode again where I can feel that they're actually trying with ideas, where I can see how they were really trying to do something new and explore something with their their, their plot. Like let's explore the idea of teaching about life and death, to, you know, partly to Data, partly to Worf, part you know, and really kind of explore uh, this idea through this alien entity that ultimately wants to try and like stop the kid from having any grief or going through any of the pain and explaining why that's not the right thing. It, it felt like a a very Star Trekky thing to do, but it didn't feel like it was repeating that. You know, sure, I mean, you can argue this is kind of like one of the godlike entities that we've had in the original series. You can argue a couple things like that, technically, but none of it felt like they were just redoing it. It felt like, no, they've got an interesting idea and they're trying to do it, and maybe it doesn't quite hit, you know, hit it out of the park. But I, I think what I'll say for season three so far is that I think almost every episode I felt like a real effort by the, the writers to try and really do something and really play with ideas in the episodes mm. um so i'll give it that I, I'll, I'll give it that that even th through the worst parts of this episode i always felt like you know what i give them credit for trying because I, I can feel the, the what the attempt was here even if it isn't completely landing no i get what you're saying um i actually feel pretty similar to how i did uh last episode in that i feel like there's about five ten minutes towards the end that are really quite good Mm -hmm. and the rest of it isn't like inherently bad it's just kind of not quite there i think this is uh, more even than last week i don't think it's ever as i, I didn't find it as bad as you know, the, the other bits did uh, did last time but uh equally uh the stuff that is good i don't think it's as good either 
um, yeah. middle of the road. Yeah, no, I liked last week's more. I was quite positive on last week's. But I, I kind of like what I was saying is that I, I feel like, at least with this episode, compared to, like, say, a mediocre episode from season one or for, you know, some of the episodes in the original series that we lambasted for just reusing ideas or just... I don't want to ever accuse them of just being lazy, but there was definitely episodes of the original series where it kind of felt like, oh, we're just doing one of these again because until the next episode that's got, got a proper idea where, where they've it's got something. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas I feel like with this, like every episode so far, certainly these last few have all felt like they're really trying to explore something in a unique way. No, I agree. And I think, um, I feel like this episode would probably be better if you didn't have like the kid act. I feel like it does drag it down quite a bit, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, it's distracting. So I don't think it's terribly written. Um, which did you catch who wrote this one? I did, yeah. Ronald D. Moore wrote this, who was the showrunner of Battlestar Galactica, the 2004 series. And uh, currently he works on, I think, Outlander, and he does For All Mankind on Apple. But I love Battlestar Galactica. That's where I I know him from. Mm. Um, and, of course, Sam Esmail's doing the new version of that at some point soon. Uh, you know, after, okay. you know, outbreaks and whatnot uh, yeah. subside. But... I yeah that was interesting. Uh, obviously, I mean, did I did I like like hear his voice coming through the characters? And that's not really <laughs> like it's not that kind mm-hmm. of thing. But Battlestar Galactica, the, you know, the, the newer version, and I can't even say the new one for long because there's going to be a newer one. But Battlestar Galactica for a lot, you know, a lot of what that show was, it was it was exploring the humanity of okay, we've made these these robots, the Cylons, and we have to deal with the fact that they kind of you know revolted against us, but. Are are they in the, completely in the wrong for doing so? You know, is is that kind of on us for how we treated them? And so, like, it was always very heavy with its its moral discussion, with its theology discussions, with its like all these different things. It was always heavily trying to explore the you know the human condition. I suppose what what, what you're saying is it took a reasonable amount of influence from Star Trek. I suppose in a way, even though it's it's very on Star Trek, it doesn't feel like Star Trek at all. No, not yeah. in terms of it, it's you know it, it's it's moral necessarily. You know, like Star Trek for the most part is you know this utopian niche future, and it's you know okay. You know, the, yeah, Star the, Trek's the best a, of humanity. Yeah, Star Trek's a lot more great. I, I guess ultimately, I mean, what we're really seeing here is it's doing what science fiction is supposed to do. It's supposed to take the sci-fi elements and try and explore something that is real through the the prism of the the lasers or the alien race or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and I feel like this episode, I feel that attempt throughout, and like I, I love the idea that War feels guilty and he wants to like sort of bond with this kid. Hence the title of the episode. And Troy's like, "Hey, you asking to do this, you know, Klingon like ritual with him might freak him out. He just lost his mother. He doesn't really understand that this isn't necessarily. You have to be gentle about this, Warf. You can't just stop in and say, i 'I'm doing this, boy.' Uh, you know, and can't think of it. He could probably do a good uh, Kratos impression. Now I'm thinking. I'm just thinking that War. If I can see him going, boy, you know, like Kratos. Uh, I, I bet he could. Yeah. Yeah. He feels like he's got that that kind of gravitas in his voice. Uh, but like he, like I love that. I like. I, I believe it or not, I love them bringing up Tasha's death again because I was actually thinking before they brought it on, like you know they're really treating this death quite serious. This almost feels more serious than they treated Tasha, and Tasha was like a main character. What's going on? I think that is. Um a weird problem with this episode in that it highlights how often character you know red shirts die and we just brush over it 
I mean, I think forgetting the history of Star Trek, which to be fair, Next Gen hasn't done it as much as it, the original series ever did. But I do kind of appreciate the idea that, that, that they essentially end this episode as a red shirt. But that's kind of the point because they ask the question, you know, why do I care less about this person than Natasha? And Riker has to explain, well, when you're close to someone, when someone's a friend, it, it matters more. And he's like, but why? Surely we should care the same about all deaths. And Riker has the, the, the poignant moment where he says, well, if we did, maybe human history would have a lot less, you know, war and sacrifice and murder I think bloodbaths was the word it was a bloodbath used yeah uh, so like you know it's making these interesting points and data's trying to understand but you know but Riker is correct like yeah when I mean, you know someone you care more I think uh, yeah no I'm fine with that angle of it it's more I think more, more the wharf element here where mm. it's okay the person leading the away team feeling that responsibility and, and kind of having to go through that is definitely not something we've done before and I have a sinking feeling we probably won't do much of it ever again. If I'm to defend it, I would say it's because it leaves a kid, kid behind. Because he hears about the kid. He hears that this is left an orphan, essentially. And mm-hmm. he's also frustrated because, and he's Klingon way, he's frustrated that he can't like get revenge against who did this because this was a, a landmine that was left behind from a war that ended centuries ago, if not thousands of years ago. There's nothing yeah. to fight. There's nothing to get mad at and like get revenge. And like, you know, by Grathbar's hammer, I will avenge you. There's no, you know, there's none of that. No, so no, he is he is frustrated for sure so i i think that adds to it uh, and i enjoy i enjoy those scenes i enjoy him trying to like connect with them i enjoy i did enjoy the scene with picard going and speaking to the kid and sort of trying to because before we get in fact even more than that i love the scene in the elevator with troy beforehand where he stops at the turbo lift and says hey that you know when they said that they wanted kids on the enterprise i you know i said that was a bad idea you can't serve in a starship with with kids on board like like because you know his mother understood what her duty was and what the risk was, and she understood why I was given an order. You know, we both understood what our roles were and why this is our duty and so on and so on. But he's not going to understand that. Like, he he, he might hate me for making those calls. Uh, and, you know, just like we find out later, Wesley hated him once upon a time for for his father's death. So, like, and all this makes sense. Um, and I, I think I do appreciate that this actually is maybe the first episode, with the exception of just Wesley's, like, you know, general appearances, this is the first episode since the pilot where Picard, you know, complained about there being kids, or maybe it was the first couple of episodes he complained about there being kids. We've not really even addressed it since. Like, it's been, like, over, you know, two seasons since we really talked about the fact, hey, there's whole families of kids on board. Uh, it's yeah, kind of it nice like to... He, he got used to it and just accepted the idea, and this is the first time something's really gone yeah. wrong in regards to that, and it's like, God damn it, this is why I was annoyed in the first place. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, but no, I thought the scene was with Picard and the kid was good and the, the eventual holding of his hand uh, and the camera even obviously focusing on it before it, it cut to the next yeah. scene uh, all handled very well like I say the kid's like blank eye stare wasn't exactly perfect for <laughs> the the scene <laughs> well it wasn't perfect but uh, where it goes next though is that essentially his mother appears to come back from the dead although there's never any actual real belief other than the kid himself that that's what's happened here it's always okay something's impersonating this this kid's mother uh, that's always the attitude from everyone which is correct like it, no one should have been thinking otherwise no i do think though this ends up being the weakest part of the episode um like with, with this you know this being here kind of taking on this role it, it kind of just feels like eh been there done that a little bit I think at first, I think when it gets to the point where they're convincing the kid to stay and in turn convincing her, this being why he shouldn't go and live in a fantasy where his mother's still alive and nothing's real, it's just this fake world around him. Like, that part I actually 
kind of like and i i kind of like as well but the reasons for it the motivations for this being because at first it's like oh is this just this malicious entity that feeds off children well, you know what is this thing but it turns out that no this there was actually two beings on or two different types of species on this planet there was the physical species which had a war had a big civil war or whatever and you know eventually killed themselves and then there was a being made of energy which is kind of what i was saying when it kind of reminds me of some of those godlike beings from the original series yeah where you know we watch them kill themselves and we don't want to let any you know anything from that war you know affect another single life so this actually you know the, the intentions are actually relatively noble it, it doesn't understand the fact that the kid needs to heal and move on from it but there is kind of a noble intention behind it which again is interesting that there's not an outright villain here there's no boogeyman here that's like no that's clearly an evil entity that's doing this bad thing ultimately its intentions are actually quite understandable even if misguided yeah i appreciate that and and like you say the the scenes where they're trying to convince i think, I think more convince the kid of, of not going down rather than convincing it although that is part of it the, happens as a result though but in turn by doing so you convince this entity to yeah, leave yeah I, I do really like that scene um i just thought that there was a bit you know as soon as as soon as the, the the being kind of appears and we're like we kind of have to spend five or ten minutes going through the motions yeah what is this um i i did like kind of the logistics of some of it where like Worf just won't let it out of his sight and then when diana comes down she won't let it out of her sight either they always kind of make sure there's someone there o'brien just kind of like like because at first this thing's happening remotely and then jordy does something to the shields so that the signal going through to this like uh, i don't want to say hologram but whatever this is that is projecting and then because of that it actually sort of essentially beams up some energy so that it can just do it on the ship and we see this yeah. floating energy go around the ship. Uh, I thought that was a bit goofy. That, that was this, you know, that, that blue light kind of sp- floating around. Yeah, that's probably the the weakest sort of idea in the episode is is that part. But you know, once we get to the point where because Wesley has a scene with his mother earlier on where he's like, I don't want to go talk to him, like because because you know someone suggested that maybe Wesley could go and give him some advice because he's you know he's like an old he could be an older brother type character where he's went through this before with his father maybe he can offer him some some wisdom and Wesley gets kind of scared and says no what, what do I say I don't understand I don't remember what my dad looks like uh, and you know so we have the payoff to that where Wesley's called in like Picard says no send Wesley and he needs to like come and help with this and you know we have them all kind of you know Worf's an orphan Wesley's not an orphan because his mother's still there obviously but talks about how you know he hated Picard he admits that he hates Picard and Troy's kind of like yeah you've wanted to tell him this for a long time go on <laughs> this is the time this is the time for she, it she's definitely been uh, been prying a little bit <laughs> I mean I think Troy probably works better in this context where yeah she has the empath abilities but she's more like the ship's therapist than anything she's supernatural kind of a job yeah, but yeah, but a lot of times we don't really go from that angle. We just go from what do you detect? <laughs> like, no, it's just, she's actually facilitating something here. Yeah, uh, rather than just oh, dead lying. It may it may be the best like case for her actual job so far this episode because she's actually you know healing, letting this kid heal by like, prodding him in the right way with the right you know what, people. You know what I think the thing is, yes, the ship should probably have a you know a, a counselor, therapist. Of course, they should. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm saying that, yeah. Does she need to be bridge crew? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> she could have her own little office somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Bottom of the ship. Give her a doctor's office, essentially, and and, and she can you know have a little little sofa that they can come and lay on. You know, she she can do the whole shebang. Yeah. Well, that, that that's that's the part of the the, the whole thing with uh, the the supernatural empath ability though that she's there to detect like anyone that the captain talks to on the comms or. Yeah, yeah. That's why she's up front. 
No, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm not saying I agree with that. Uh, no. I, either that or Riker just wanted to just uh, maybe maybe not girlfriend uh, on on the bridge and just put in a a little order. That's more likely in the back channels. Yeah, <laughs> I want like, like, try in my presence. Can you do me a favor? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you know, uh, yeah, any episode where we get a Tasha name drop is it gets a few points for me at least for having the balls to acknowledge Tasha's existence. Quite frankly. Uh, I'm, I'm always I'm always on board with that. Uh, it's not like it's a bad episode, honestly. It's not. It's not like the execution is not flawless. It, it definitely doesn't amount to kind of the potential that it could have. But I appreciate the effort with here. I I don't feel like a, a misguided idea. I just feel like okay, they tried something out. It didn't quite work this time. Maybe they'll return to these themes again in the future and nail it better. Yeah, then. I think it's got a, a couple of really solid scenes, and the overall sentiment and idea is in the right place. I just think ultimately it's a little bit middle of the road um, in, in just terms of the execution, how it comes across overall, um, but not a bad episode. Yeah. Uh, kind of like what I said about a couple of episodes this season is I'll, I'll take this middle of the road over the middle of the road we had for any, pretty much all of season one and most of season two. Like, yeah, I see more merit in this episode, even if it ultimately doesn't amount to much more as a final it's, thing. It's interesting that it's it's not actually necessarily more enjoyable than some of those episodes, but at least you, you kind of go, oh, well, they're, they're trying more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I can feel it in the, the finished work, though, so there is there is an effect. There is something there. there. Is, yeah. uh, yeah. it, it doesn't feel completely worthless uh, like some episodes have done in the past. Mm. So, uh, yeah, not, not bad. Not bad. Uh, but we'll see what's coming next time. So that was The Bonding, episode 5. Episode 6 is next, obviously. It's called Booby Trap. Oh, that's better be good. <laughs> it's called Booby Trap. Uh, anything called Booby Trap needs to be good. The Enterprise triggers an ancient yet effective trap left by an extinct race. Oddly sounds kind of like this. With a perfectly preserved derelict ship serving as chase for or chase for as cheese for Picard. Actually, I see why I changed that to chase in my head because it made more sense with chase. <laughs> I mean, cheese makes sense in context of it, of it being like a mouse trap. Yes. So I'm assuming. Yeah, that, no, I get it. I get why it says but, cheese, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I get why you didn't just expect to read the word cheese in your Star Trek description. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the, the landmine wasn't a trap. It was just incidentally there. This is an actual trap trap. It was, but that first sentence <laughs> yeah. could have described the first part of this episode. But hey-ho, so booby traps next time. Uh, let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. You can like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the show and everything we do, you can head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv and you can support us for as little as $1 per month. $5, of course, will get you early access to these these reviews as well as some other stuff. But $1 will get you bonus episodes of a couple of our movie podcasts and some outtakes that we occasionally have if we tangent and edit things out because it happens from time to time. Uh, so go have a look and see if you're interested. Check out all the content we have. Me and Tara are working with our way through the classic Twilight Zone series. Uh, we're on season two of that right now. And there's like 36 episodes in season one. So that, that took a while to get to season two. So uh, you can res- we can respect that. <laughs> but that's ongoing uh, as is a sci-fi movie podcast, The Atomic Cinema Experiment. Again, if you're into science fiction, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and of course, Picard is on uh, right now. It's almost oh, done. I was wondering if you were going to get to yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I didn't think of that first. But I, I guess I've probably promoted that in the last like few episodes like that's probably the main thing i've pushed i'll i'll give you the benefit of the doubt in that you did all the 
long-running regular things first yes. so maybe that's just what was on your head just uh, these mm-hmm. are these are the staples that are always there these are the staples that will be there no matter when you're listening to this or watching this yeah yeah but it's picard you theoretically know, they'll you know be off for a long time and then it'll come back and then blah, blah, blah. uh but hey uh so that is that is episode five of season three of star trek the next generation let us know what you think in the comments but thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching star trek guys and remember when it comes to the ladies and apparently grief with the loss of a parent wesley crusher wesley crusher is in complete control